This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not, it works. No, not me. No, no, the fan. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? But, but nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who I'm are you lo- talking I'm, about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get early access to the GameZilla Alpha. Exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words are right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash media and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Hello and welcome to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. This is Chops. And Craig WK. And today we're talking about... Uh, I think this is the first one we've ever done. We're doing an Xbox game. Yeah, Xbox. And this is probably one of my favorite games. I would say it's within my top 10 list, I would say. It's frequently hailed as one of the best of uh, the games of this series, like mm-hmm. the because it's a licensed series. You've already you already saw the title. The you already know what we're talking about. We're, we're, ta- so, we're, yeah. we're talking about Star Wars: yeah. Knights of the Old Republic. Yes, Kotor as it's also called. Kotor, yes. And I played this, and it was originally released on the Xbox exclusively in July fifteenth, two thousand three, and then it came out on Windows in November of that year. Oh, right, right. It was uh, eventually uh, slapped on over to uh, Windows computers. Mm-hmm. So this is a Star Wars licensed video game, mm-hmm. and recently. Up to that year, I'm trying to think of what other games came out. It was for Xbox. So you've had your like Rogue Squadron games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had the pot racing game. Ugh. Hey. Ugh. Hey. Ugh. Hey. You're not wrong. They're not great games. Yeah, they're not great. And you've had a lot of computer games, I think, coming out around this time. Oh, yeah. You had a lot of like the, the X-Wing games, TIE Fighter games, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter games. Right. Simulator stuff. Mm-hmm. So this game star- starts about 4,000 years prior to the formation of the Galactic Empire, and it's kind of prior to current Star Wars, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. It, it would be, like you said, it's about set f- around 4,000 years before basically the prequels even started. Right, and this is actually a cool creative choice by the team who did it. So they were able to work with uh, LucasArts and decide whether or not they wanted to go 4,000 years prior or make it up to date with the current story that was out at the time. Attack of the Clones. Yeah, they made the right choice. They, they made the best choice. They, yeah, they really, really like. I, I yeah, they yeah. they did they they did yeah they did good. They made the best choice. And who is they? Chops. Who is they? They is 
Bioware. Bioware. Your Mass Effect producers. Yeah, people who went on to make Mass Effect made Knights of the Old Republic. And it makes sense on like where they went with their company, like a giant space epic mm-hmm. game. That makes a lot of sense because they had so much success of Star Wars. They also did uh, Dragon Age, right? Yeah, they did the Dragon Age games as well. Uh, Bioware has, uh, while they've recently gotten a bit of flack because they were bought out by uh, EA. Oh, that great company. Yeah, you know, EA is, um, well, I mean, you know, um, their sports games in the 90s were okay. But uh, uh, they, you know, they, they don't have the necessarily the most popular business model in recent times. And, um, yeah, so, uh, uh, basically, uh, you know, Bioware has lately been a little on the side, you know, uh, uh, that's at least the, the internet consensus, but, right? but back then they were knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, what games did they, I don't know what they else they had out at the time. I think this is one of their first huge licensed games or, or big games at the time. Cause what, what did they have out before then? Oh, before this, yeah. uh, we we would have to look. I I am honestly I not sure. I don't I, uh, remember. Uh, it doesn't. It's not jumping out at me at the moment what they would have uh, done otherwise. Uh, but I I know that Kotor is kind of where they started to really pick up a lot of momentum. Uh, you know, they had Knights of the Old Republic one and two, uh, and then they went on to do like Mass Effect and then Dragon Age and then uh, uh, Bioware also did uh, the Old Republic, which is the MMO uh, Star Wars game that's set way in the past. Right, yeah, they did, uh, let's see here, Bold, oh, so they, they did Boulder's Gate, Shattered Steel, MDK2, Boulder's Gate 2, Never Winter Nights. Oh, so they, they did all the uh, D&D games. So, and well, that, and that makes sense because the way the game was developed was that a lot of the combat was D&D based. Ooh, we'll be getting to that, Chops, okay, don't you cool. worry. So it's just a little bit of a tease we'll get into. Yeah, that. well, well, there's but, a, well I, I'm just going to end up babbling a lot about yeah. it. So, you know, I don't want to derail us too far off. I, I've you know been doing that a little too much lately. It's okay. So Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, anyway. So, uh, so the game was directed by Casey Hudson and designed by James Olin and written by Drew Karpshin. And uh, they were kind of the heads, of, I think, or the, the the leading guys of Bioware at the time. Mm-hmm. And they kind of took what they knew, which was role-playing, but it was based off of a, I would say, good evil scale, you know, dark side, light side. Yeah, yeah. And your choices depicted whether or not your character fell on one side or the other. Now, you, you basically, the story is you're building a Jedi, so... The the destination of what that Jedi is in the beginning isn't really clear, but you're just kind of either building a scout, a scoundrel, or a soldier class. And then from there, you choose an actual Jedi class later on when you level up. But the idea of good and evil, as far as I can remember, it, this is like the the most popular of, the, of that type of game. Uh, when it first started, like, you know, you have Mass Effect that followed that really heavily. You have um, well, Watch Dogs, like I think, does that. Fable. Fable does that. I know there's probably another big one I'm missing as well. I'm sure there are uh, other games that we're just not thinking of. But I, I do think that uh, Knights of the Old Republic uh, was one of those games that really, really... Uh, I mean, not only knocked it out of the park, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, as far as the game and ev- itself and everything, but uh, but yeah, they they pioneered a, uh, a, a like basically an alignment 
yeah. system not to keep you know bringing in D and D into the equation. Know, but uh, but yeah, they they had basically a, an alignment system where your choices impacted your character and their eventual kind of you know fate in the world, yeah, fate the, in the cosmos, their progression, and mm-hmm. it actually physically affected the character too. So in the game, when you were more towards the light side, your character kind of stayed how you were, you know, how you developed your character in the beginning. But if you went more towards the dark side, you had paler skin and your eyes became yellow. I uh, I, I didn't play Knights of the Old Republic much, to be honest with okay. you, but I did play a lot back in the day of the Old Republic MMO. Oh, okay. And uh, that was another thing they had done in that game, where when you go to the dark side, you end up like looking a lot more ha- uh, like uh, haggard, uh, haggard and uh, uh, like more tired looking like yeah. you just like you just, just like you're like this evil is wearing on you physically does it surprise you that i went to the dark side no i think uh i think in my first playthrough i usually play normal mm-hmm. and then try to just do it as i would i would play it it's pretty neutral yeah, or yeah. good more good and then i played through a second time with it being just straight up evil and i uh i remember specifically a scene so like this is another one of those games where I would play it in the living room and my dad and my brother would watch me play it. Uh-huh. And I remember specifically there's this level where you're in like a space station and there's this guy you're talking to and you can convince him to give you his wallet <laughs> and then you can convince him to jump down the central shaft of the place and kill himself. What? And I did that. <laughs> oh. And I was like, oh my God, I just robbed from this guy and made him kill himself. I'm like, this is... Pure evil, and then it went downhill from there. I was like, I'm just doing evil choices and everything now. It's hilarious. So here's a question for you, Chops. Yeah. And, and this is a, a little bit more of a uh, morality question. Ooh, yeah. Is in your morality. Yeah. Earlier, and I don't know if you just slipped up. Huh. Maybe maybe it was just a slip. Maybe it was a slip of the tongue. So, you know. Okay. But, uh, when you described how you would play a character, yeah. you, you said like, oh, I you know, play it as myself. Neutral. Yeah, a little good. Do you consider yourself more of a neutral person than you do a good person? No, I don't think so. Well, that's what you said. I'm just trying to set the record no. straight, Chops. I think I'm more of a good person, I think. I try to be. Okay. I guess I can't say for what other people's perceptions are of me. But subconsciously, but... you think that you're neutral, slightly leaning to good, because that's what you said. No, I guess not. No, I don't know why I said neutral to good. I would say that it was a Freudian slip. Wow. Maybe I'm evil. Wow. You said now you were we're neutral. Now we're getting now I'm feeling like we're evil. Uh, if anybody's me. evil here, it's me. Are you using me. the force on me now, Craig? Chops? Don't even worry about it. Man, I don't even want to worry about this. Let's just move on to the next part. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so yeah, it, it was uh, uh, this giant alignment system, you know, to to Knights of the Old Republic. And like you said, Jobs, you could do some real rotten stuff. Oh, yeah. Very rotten stuff. Very rotten stuff. Now, I, I originally planned to, to bring them up a little later, but uh, we're talking about rotten, so I feel like it needs to be said. Yeah. Tell us about your life. I was referring to someone else's rotten life, oh, not necessarily my oh, rotten life. Oh, sorry, Craig. HK-47. Yes, my favorite droid. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I can't think of a better start. I can't think of a better... Well, if you gave me enough time, I might think I, of a better IG-88 robot. IG-88 is pretty good. It's pretty cool. But HK-47, like, 
Oh, he's just such a jerk. He's so he's evil. So evil. He, it's so great. He's basically just uh, uh, I, I think he's a an assassin droid. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's an assassin droid, just like IG eighty eight is. Yes, a different model, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's, of course the HK four uh, series instead mm-hmm. of the IG series. Of course, I have a particular quote when I was looking through some of these quotes. And one of my favorites that I found was HK-47, who says, uh, and I quote, Apology. Sorry, Master. My optical sensors simply pick up all the water sloshing about inside your flesh coating. It is unpleasant. (laughs) End quote. It's great, isn't it? He's so rotten. The writing in this is amazing, actually. It's pretty great. It's they they like this has been I would say probably the best Star Wars game I've played. I don't know I if see I can that. think of another Star Wars game besides besides and these I don't think these really count as the Star Wars desktop adventure games. Do you remember those? Do you or no? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I, I might know them if I saw them online or something. It was like you were basically like you just pick any random character and mm-hmm. they have like different abilities like Han shoots guns Luke shoot you know has his lightsaber Yoda has his lightsaber uh, mm-hmm. or whatever it, but it's like a top down or three like a like a Legend of Zelda a Link's Awakening or or a Link to the Past angle and you're just going around picking up these pieces to open up these doors to go into a puzzle area and it's like a 20 minute game like they it was like freeware for like some Star Wars stuff back don't in the day. Don't you put that garbage on the same <laughs> yeah, level? Yeah, I think that's pretty as great. Link's Awakening. Oh no, I'm just using it to explain as as the the style of game. Oh, okay. I don't. But you are putting it on the level of Kotor. Yes, it's close to my my favorite in the best Star Wars game I think there is out there. You have the worst <laughs> opinions of like anyone I've ever met. The worst opinions. No, I think Deadite has the worst opinions. No. No? You do. Maybe we need to hang out more, Deadite and I. Make some good opinions together. Don't don't bring Deadite down to your level, Jobs. Oh, jeez. Anyways, so, yes, the characterization of like evil in this game is amazing but like they really the morality system they blur the line so well Mm -hmm. and having like hk in there is this evil robot like you're like is he evil though because he's just kind of like programmed that way but then he says things like that and you're like wait is he really thinking that or is he just programmed that way so you don't know and the voice acting is amazing it was pretty solid uh, for a 2003 game uh, that was xbox only in an early system uh, or early release of that system like that's it it's there it was, was some, really well done there was some crummy voice acting back in that day oh god yeah there is well i mean arguably there's even still to this day some uh, crummy voice acting here and there but i uh, a lot better these days now, uh, when it uh, uh, comes to the the uh, the gameplay, you know, because we've been uh, we had danced around this issue earlier, but I kind of want to dive right this on issue. In. It's an issue. Yes. <laughs> Why is it an issue? No, it's not really an issue. So <laughs> the gameplay is based on the D twenty system. Yes, Dungeons and Dragons, near and dear to my heart. It's the third edition Dungeons oh, and really? Dragons. I didn't know you were a fan of it. Well, chops. For you and those who don't know I'm a fan of it, you oh. can check out Noobs and Dragons, our podcast that releases every Wednesday on GameZilla Media. I'm on that? You are on that. Oh, okay. You don't remember anything, do you? No, what? 
anyway, uh, so I uh, the game system uses the same stats: strength, constitution, yep. dex, etc. Uh, it uses skills. It has all like maybe not all the same, but very similar feats like yep. two weapon fighting and stuff. Uh, it maybe has classes. Like it. it does, yes. Uh, and uh, here's the thing: uh, the game released in 2003. Back in 2000, Wizards of the Coast, who owns Dungeons and Dragons, made the OGL open game license, which allowed other companies to use the basic rules from like third edition Dungeons and Dragons. Coincidentally. Uh, even though this led to an amazing game in Knights of the Old Republic, it also led to their biggest competitor mm. being Pathfinder, utterly dominating the market after uh, Dungeons & Dragons, Wizards of the Coast, uh, decided to jump to an unpopular 4th edition. Oh, it was? I really liked it. It was not a very popular edition. Why is that? Uh, they made it very video gamey in the game mechanic setup. Like fifth edition is more like third edition, like you know the game you're playing that we're playing on Noobs and Dragons. But uh, in fourth edition, uh, it was fun. It was incredibly balanced, which was great. But combat was a lot more drawn out. There was more focus put on combat, and a lot of people just felt like it was too video gamey, quote unquote. Hmm. Uh, it's fun. I really enjoy it. Maybe we should play it sometime. I would love to if the battles didn't take a million years. Yeah, we should do that. A literal million years, Chops. We I mean, don't have enough time in our, the rest of our lives to get through I'm a battle in this game. I wish I could say the same. But uh, but no, so uh, uh, the OGL, the open game license that Wizards of the Coast put out, I don't know for sure, 100%, that you know Bioware got a hold of it to do this, but like, I mean, you would think they would have to, close. right? It's it. They had something. I mean, it's something to do it's with the it. same, like, I mean, if you... So the, the combat's divided into rounds. Yeah. And basically, you don't know how much damage you're dealing per se. It's based on statistics. It's based on rolls, based on a certain range of damage that your character does on that specific attack, whether mm-hmm. it's blaster or lightsaber battling or force powers or whatever it is. Yeah. And... Um, you can you take actions concurrent or consecutively so like it's just uh you know or concurrently i mean sorry mm-hmm. uh, you so depending on your speed you know you may be able to act twice before your enemy is able to act or it might be the other way around so mm-hmm. yeah i'm sure they had some sort of framework from from wizards of the coast on this oh yeah i i would not be surprised in the least if bioware shelled out the money for the ogl on that oh, one yeah, i don't know why not oh well hold on because we had just talked about this bioware had been doing the D games before oh yeah so maybe they didn't need to maybe they sort of like it was kind of just like hey guys don't worry about it like you've already been making our games for maybe, us kind of thing maybe or maybe they had to get the ogl to make their video games i don't know i mean i can't imagine it was that much money to do but i don't know for sure but uh yeah so uh, uh dungeons and dragons uh had a huge impact on uh on this game which is uh uh kind of a crazy thought it it, it is and it isn't because it's much more popular today this game i think drove the creation of a lot of popular in-depth role-playing games that are out today like um um, Horizon Zero Dawn is a oh, huge one. Okay. Uh, Skyrim, 
you have any any of those Bethesda games really you know Dragon Age like because mm-hmm. it's Bioware this it doesn't make it, it makes complete sense you know because it's noobs and or uh, Dungeons and Dragons is is on the up of more popularity right now oh absolutely it is definitely becoming more and more popular and becoming more mainstream as time goes by I think there'll always be a little bit of a taboo to the game uh, just because of its past right you know it'll always have that you know sort of uh, uh, like veneer of geekiness to it you know they'll <laughs> always be like a certain like level of like oh you play dungeons and dragons kind of thing you know there's, there's a certain a tinge con- to it yeah, uh, yeah a, a very slight smattering of condescension when you talk to somebody about this game and they don't play and they right. don't know anything about it but i uh, but yeah no it, it is becoming more and more popular you know you have more and more people playing and more and more people you know open to the idea and uh more celebrities come out and say that they're enjoying it yeah yeah you have uh uh people like vin diesel mm-hmm. who who's played for like years and years and years because like uh vin diesel started i think in uh advanced dungeons and dragons the second dun- uh, edition yeah and he even has a class i think made after him well, i don't know about that the witch hunter uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I heard there was a classmate after, like one of his characters in, from a movie. I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't be entirely surprised. Uh, he himself is like, you know, nerded out on like interviews about his characters he's made and yeah. stuff, uh, which is always interesting. So if you ever have the time, uh, you know, just YouTube Vin Diesel D and D and like the he he's just always so happy and excited to talk right. about it, which is always great. But I, but yeah, the I uh, the the game borrows heavily from the Dungeons and Dragons system and I mean it paid off for them you know it's a it's a solid game engine yeah and and the, the also the development of the character so you can do like your feats you said to have two weapon fighting so you can have two lightsabers in battle mm. you can do heavy weapon you can do all sorts of really unique customizing features for your characters because you know you have your soldier your scout and your scoundrel scoundrel class then you have after that your jedi classes which is jedi guardian jedi sentinel and jedi consular and then even from there if you're more heavy light or more heavy dark Mm -hmm. you have different abilities so with the dark side you get force lightning yes Um, with the light side i think you get like more healing and more like um like force powers as far as like convincing or, or persuading people, I think. Okay. Um, and it's just, it's, there's, there's so much you can do in this game for your character, for your team build up. Cause you can have two companions with you. So you can have a combat droid. You can have a regular person. That's just like a bounty hunter or, or, or a person like, you know, uh, Han Solo is, um, and then you travel to all these beautiful worlds. Yeah, they uh, they drew a lot of uh, uh, inspiration from like actual established Star Wars uh, worlds. So yeah. you have like uh, you go to Tatooine because of course every Star Wars adventure takes you to Tatooine at mm-hmm. some point. You have uh, Danooine, yep, uh, uh, which is the a forest planet, I yep. do believe. Uh, what else is there? There's uh, Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk's the in there. World of the Wookiees. Um, there's the 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 volcano world. I think for uh, uh, Mustafar. I think it Mustafar's in it. I don't think no? it is. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, it could I potentially remember a be. lava a lava like thing. I remember like like that kind of stuff. But well, there's like the at the end. There's the Star Forge. Is that it? Maybe that's what you're thinking. Because I mean, this game came out around the time of Attack of the Clones, right? I mean, Mustafar wasn't a uh, in Star Wars canon, I don't think, until Episode Three. No, but I think they were filming concurrently for those movies. Maybe at the same, uh, they were filming, I think, at the same time. In any event, there's a lot of different planets, and uh, even uh, Korriban. Oh yes, yep. Which was the uh, uh, original home of the Sith Empire. Mm-hmm. 
uh, when I when I played uh, uh, Old Republic, I ended up spending a lot of time on that planet because it's like the starting Sith world, you yeah, know? Because you're evil. Yes, and in fact, uh, I have a little bit of a confession. Oh, what's that? Well, when I played Old Republic, all I ever did, every option that ever presented itself to me that gave me the ability to use force lightning on someone, I did. And so, like, there were times in this MMO that I'd be like, go into a bar and I'd be like, I want information. And then, like, the guy behind the bar would be like, I'm not giving you nothing. And I'd force lightning him, just shock the heck out of him. And he'd be like, oh my God, all right, I'll tell you. And then, if the option popped up again to shock him again, I'd shock him again. But just for fun. Oh, God, yeah. If I had force lightning right now, Chops. Yeah. I would tell you that you'll pay for your lack of vision, and oh. then I would shock, and you would shock me. You. Oh wow! So all the jokes, terrible jokes I make, all the the terrible references, uh, you would shock me for them. You will pay for your lack of vision. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'm glad your force lightning sounds like weird air like missiles, air powered missiles. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the, yeah. I apologize. The, the terrible sound effects. Terrible. <laughs> I wanted that force lightning to come out again. That's why I said that. <laughs> there we go. Okay, that works. That, that works good. Yep. That Is that works. a little better? It's a little better. All right, good. <laughs> I, I've honestly been told before that I'm pretty good at sound effects. So. I know. You're taking it very personally. What honestly, I yeah. I, and I'm you just messing think, with you. You made me think that my buddy Sean that one time told me, <laughs> hey, you do good uh, laser ray noises uh, is wrong. And I don't like when my friends are wrong, Chops, unless they're you. Mm. Unless they're you. Well, lucky for you, I'm mostly wrong all the time. <laughs> so I wouldn't take me too seriously. <laughs> Um, uh, one thing uh-huh. I do want to bring up about this game is that there is a speedrun category for this game. For Knights of the Old Republic? Yes, there is. The category is any percent, so just finish the game. Oh, okay. Any, any, any yeah, format sure. you can. Do you want to guess how long uh, the world's best speedrun at this time is? Like, what's the time on it? Oh, God. Well, uh, refresh my memory, uh, it's because I've not really played this game as much. What is an average playthrough of the game? 60 hours? Uh, I think the game is between 40 to 60 hours worth of content. All right. Well, I'll say 20 hours. Uh, for, a, for the speed, for speed run? run. Sure, for sure. Speed Cut run it record. in half. Yeah, I'll do 20 hours. All right. So the current record, which is held by Glass Nonk, uh, which was recorded on 6-25-17, playing light side on the PS on the PC. Uh-huh. Uh, the current speed one, speed run world record is 1 hour 14 minutes and 59 seconds. What? Yes. How? I don't know. Do they glitch out the game? Maybe they may glitch it out. They may know like the game may pro- have like a mechanic in it where you can do max damage if you do a certain thing. I don't know. But uh, yeah, an hour and 14 minutes. An hour uh, I I have an hour I have an hour, uh, hour and fourteen minutes after I record this show. I, I can, to go I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go speed run this game. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and play a little bit of uh, Kotor. You know, the whole game. Yeah, in, in an hour and fifteen minutes, basically. Wow, I, kudos to that guy. I mean, and here, my thing with speed running is the games that I'm know really well are RPGs, but the games that I would never ever want to rush through. Are RPGs, mm-hmm. so I just I, I I mean I don't know. That's just weird to me. It, it's such a alien concept. No pun intended with the Star Wars talk. Uh, 
it's just I don't know it's just really weird that like I don't know you just like you look at this like giant masterpiece of an RPG and you're like you know what I mean yeah you know 40 60 hours is it's great but like I think I could get the gist of it in an hour and 15 <laughs> that's the that's not the that's not the thinking that they have it's it's different but okay whatever I'm well aware whatever all right anyways but I, I love this game if you haven't played a Knights of the Old Republic game that you ha- I feel like you have to start with this it kind of sets you up for the whole series but I've always wanted to play uh, the regular Knights of the Old Republic, or sorry, uh, Star Wars Old Republic. Oh, the MMO. I've always wanted to play that, but I heard at the time it wasn't very good when it came out, and then it got really good recently. Uh, ooh, I, I can't speak for recently. I have not played the game in quite a while. Uh, maybe about a year ago, maybe two years ago now, uh, they had uh, uh, like a free trial, and I was like, oh, I really, really enjoyed it. Now there's new expansions and stuff, so, so I'm going to... I'm going to give it a shot. Like one of the expansions was like free. It was like a free, you get a free trial and they were trying to like hook people back in because you know, the, you know, MMOs aren't as popular as they used to be. So they're, they're dipping a bit. I played it and I was just like, Oh, this is, yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's all right. I mean, it's kind of fun. How long did you play it for? The trial when I just came back to the game. Was it a thirty-day trial? It was probably like a, I think it was just a weekend oh, okay. that I got it. And honestly, I didn't play it any more than like the I don't know Saturday night that I had gotten it. Or oh, whatever. okay. It was just okay. I mean, MMOs in general have had that effect on me, where like they they've hooked me in the past, like really bad. Like when we eventually do a World of Warcraft episode. Oh man. Oh man, I spent a lot of time in that world. L- way too much time. Yeah. An unhealthy amount of time. I, I know, Craig. And Star Wars, I really enjoyed. I uh, when when Old Republic first came out, uh, me and like almost all my friends that played MMOs all got this game, and it was a ton of fun being able to like jump on. It was like, oh, who's playing? Cody's playing. I'm gonna play with Cody. Like, oh, Sean's on. Like, oh, my cousin is on. Like, you know, there was tons of people into it, and the plot itself is solid. Like the I had done the Sith Inquisitor, so I was like, you know, able to use Force Lightning mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh, I actually, even though I had force lightning powers in combat, I spec myself as a healer uh, because that's just what our group needed. So I was the healer of the group or whatever. And uh, like it was tons of fun. I had so such a good time with the game. But like when I came back, it was just like, eh, friends aren't on. So you've played it at two different points. You played it when it first came out. Yep. And then you played it again like a year ago. About, yeah, maybe even almost two years at this point. I, I don't want to make it seem like it was, you know, super recent. Okay. But it was it was, a, it was a bit of time ago, but within the last year or so. And, yeah, it just, I don't know, it just didn't do it for me. Mm. Like, and it was, part of the fact is, like, in the, the initial adventure in Old Republic, it gets you to, like, a point where it's, like, at least as far as the Sith Inquisitor goes, it was, like, you become a Darth. I became Darth Kriegus. How cool is that? <laughs> I became Darth Kriegus, yeah. this rotten, evil, just just horrible, horrible person. And then after that, it was like the adventures start again, you know, with this new expansion. It was like, Darth Kriegus, we need your assistance to go to the, like, you know, Algon Nebula and get this item for us. And it's like, I get that you need to continue the game series, but like, I'm a... Darth right now, oh. like I, I like oh, okay. isn't this beneath me? So you were pretentious as a Darth. What well, wouldn't you be? You wouldn't you be Chops if you became Darth Chops? 
would you not let it go to your head a bit? No. You'd be a down-to-earth Sith Lord. I mean, probably. You'd be a Sith be Lord buddy, for the buddy. common man. I'd be like, like Fonzie meets Sith Lord. I don't even know what to think of that. How describe that? <laughs> no, I want to leave it at that. I so is it Darth Vader? Like, is it Darth Vader using the Force to knock the jukebox on? It's he's the coolest Sith Lord there is. That's what he would be. I, I would don't be know if the, Henry Winkler could be a Sith Lord, and if he could, I don't know if he would be a cool one. I think he would. I think he would. Have you ever seen him in Parks and Rec? You know I haven't. I don't really watch. He, Parks and he's Rec. in Parks and Rec for a little bit, and he's kind of evil at one point. Now here's a question for you: yeah. Do you think Darth Henry Winkler can withstand Force lightning? I mean, yeah. Darth Kriegus wins. No, I think he can. Nah, I think you're wrong. If he could jump a shark, <laughs> he can withstand Force lightning. I don't know if those are equated. It's completely transferable skills. Anyways. For the we, record, Chops, I don't think you get to say anyways and change the subject when you're losing. Any, I was not losing, Craig. I was not. A Sith Lord wears black. What does the Fonz wear? Black leather jacket. And blue jeans. Doesn't matter. He's wearing black. When does he show up? When everybody needs him. When does a Sith Lord show up? When nobody when needs no him. When no one wants them to. So now they it's have not perfect timing. They have perfect timing. So he'll show up You're pushing when, it. Uh, whenever nobody wants them to. And that's why he's the perfect combination because he's reliable and he's ruthless and he's a little bit mysterious. Also, they look really cool. I'll give you cool. I don't know if I can give you ruthless with uh, the Fonz. Well, I mean, you just must live in a fantasy world. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> so I we need to talk about the music. <laughs> yes, we do. So Go ahead, Craig. The music was composed by Jeremy Soule, who also worked on the Elder Scrolls series of games, Icewind Dale, Baldur's Gate, and... For our, our uh, even more retro-minded friends who are, you know, at this point being like, well, I don't know, that's not retro enough. Secret of Evermore. Familiar with Secret of Evermore? Uh, no. Chops? All I'm thinking of in my head is when you said Jeremy Soule is, Jeremy Soule. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why I thought about Jeremy Spoke in that song. I, sorry, I couldn't <laughs> sing along with Jeremy you. Jeremy Soule. Soule. Jeremy Soule. Sorry. Secret of Evermore is a Squaresoft uh, action RPG that was modeled after Secret of Mana that was actually designed by the American Squaresoft team before they closed oh, down. The why? music's okay. Why? They didn't bring a lot to the table, honestly. No, but why did they... I didn't know Squaresoft had an American developing team. Oh, they did. Oh. And they made Secret of Evermore. And that was it? <laughs> that was oh, it. Oh, wow. Well, good job, America. <laughs> They, uh, uh, yeah, it was the one square game that uh, America got that Japan didn't. I don't think that's a lie. They got it. They must maybe have eventually, it. but I, but I think that would be through like a, a virtual console later if they even did. Maybe I'm pretty sure back in the day they did not get it. I oh. could be crazy though. We could find out in another time. We're gonna listen to some music right now. Though. Yeah, let's go ahead and listen to uh, some of our favorite songs. Uh, first up is what my favorite song. Uh, yeah, because the the soundtrack is expansive. Like it's there's huge. The soundtrack itself, I think, is like an hour plus. 
Oh yeah, at least an hour at plus. Least an and hour that's plus. actually probably trimming the songs down to the lowest amount like, right. you know. Uh, there's there's it's fully orchestrated all like to, like it's a MIDI soundtrack, but it, it sounds fully orchestrated and it's gorgeous. It's 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 exactly what you want in a Star Wars soundtrack. You I honestly feel like if if you had gone to someone who who wasn't a diehard fan and you were just like, "Hey, here's some Star Wars music. I want you to listen to it and see what you think." How's John Williams stacking up with this this song? I feel like most people would be like, "Oh yeah, that sounds good." John mm-hmm. Williams, yeah, it's always good. Yep. So, first off, uh, we have my favorite song, which is for uh, when you're inside the Sith base, uh, because I'm evil and horrifyingly rotten. Craig calls his room the Sith base. It's true. the inside of the Sith base, which is very, very reminiscent of the Emperor's theme from Return of the Jedi. Yes. It's, and, and it's very obviously modeled after it, but I, I, I think that was a great idea. You know, it really, really nails home like, hey, like this is the Sith. This is what the Emperor was. Like this is like, this is scary stuff. These are the, f- the forefathers of the Emperor, right? Doesn't that mean prior forefathers? Forefathers, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, you no, gave me this I, look. Well, I didn't like, hear what you had said fully. I apologize. Oh. That's why I was, I was like, okay. father. I was like, what? I was like, I always say something stupid, so I, I never know if <laughs> I'm right this or wrong. Right. No. Oh, thank you. Yeah, he. Uh, uh, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, the the uh, in Star Wars back in this era, thousands of you know years before uh, you know everything uh, goes on in the the regular movies. You actually had a Sith Empire, like you had an entire army, an entire like you know like universe filled with like people who were using like the dark evil Jedi's. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I I don't know if it's still canon because of all the changes like Disney made. I don't know if it is but, either. Uh, but uh, well, and this one, even if this one is, I uh, I don't know if the next thing I was going to say is because I uh, at some point in between you know the old old. Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic in the Star Wars movies, you had a. Uh, it was there was a series of like novels or comics. I think it was like uh, Darth Darth Bane, I think is what his name was, and he made the Rule of Two, where which is where there can only ever be two Sith Lords 
one master who teaches the apprentice and then eventually an apprentice that murders and usurps the uh, the master and then they repeat the process to make their themselves strong because they were like you know just perpetually losing numbers throughout these wars and stuff and so that's why in Star Wars you only ever have uh, like in the prequels, you see, you know, the Emperor Darth Sidious with uh, 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 Darth. Uh, oh shoot, uh, Darth Maul, and then Maul is defeated, and then he has Tyrannus, and who's you know Count Dooku, and then he loses him, and then he's like, well, haha, how about Darth Vader? And he gets you know Anakin to join him. You know, he only ever has the one apprentice. Well, 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 no, didn't they have what's the robot guy? Wasn't he a Darth? No, he wasn't a Darth. He was, was General uh, Grievous. General sorry. Grievous. Yeah, he he just. Uh, uh, Killed a bunch of Jedi and stole their lightsabers. Yeah, which he was way cooler in the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah, by uh, Gendy so, Tartakovsky. Uh, anyway, so wait, so that rule was made after the Republic, the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, right. because in uh, in the the Old Republic games, Knights of the Old Republic and the MMO, you have so, Jedi and Sith yeah. all over. Yeah, right. uh, whereas you know by the time the movies start, you only ever have a few. Yeah. you know. Uh, and I don't know if they ever really reference that in the movies. I doubt it. I think maybe in the prequels there's an offhand remark of like, oh, there was one? Well, there's got to be another, you know, like something that like hints at it. But uh, but yeah, I don't think they uh, they ever really came out and said. Hmm. And I don't know if the Darth Bane stuff is canon technically, but something technically happens in the Star Wars universe to make it so that there's only ever two Sith. Hmm. Interesting. Even in the newest films, you have, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren and uh, who's the creepy? Snoke. Snoke. Yeah, so you have Snoke and Kylo Ren. I don't know if they're, it's necessarily Sith, but like that's at least yeah, what they're kind of modeling it, it after. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be technically Sith, right? Like Even if they're not calling themselves that, they're still evil Jedi. That's a topic for another day, Craig. Touche. Uh, so you have a song that you really uh, like from uh, uh, from this, right? Yeah, this is going to be a complete 180 from your song. You don't say. And That's it is, kind of how it typically goes, right? Yeah, it is. This is the uh, Dantooine Outback. Basically, it's the world of Dantooine. It's the song that you kind of get when you're roaming around. And, it's a uh, forest planet, right? Yeah, yeah. I really, I'm really enjoying this song. So here it is. Yeah, pretty big 180. 
Yeah, it's the it's the I think very similar to the quintessential like Jedi good side. You know, they had like those weird like da 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 like kind of chime type noises yeah. in the in the song. I don't know exactly what instrument that was supposed to be modeled after or or was, but I uh, I really like that song. I I really enjoy how it, it's got tranquility to it, but almost yeah. like an air of tension. Yeah, it, it, with like the like the like the, the long tones in the beginning, with the little bit of chimes and, mm-hmm. and I, w- I would almost say like mystical music that's in it because it seems very magical, mm-hmm. uh, very mysterious, and then it has those hints of like seriousness with like the da na na's and the and the, the, the sound that uh, like boom 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 like suspenseful stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's. It, it's I love it. it. It reminds me of early, you know, episode four, you know, New Hope, um, Jedi stuff. Yeah, I. Uh, it always kind of surprised me that uh, Dantooine uh, was was never. They never went to Dantooine in the actual movies. Uh, they reference it uh, at one point. They reference it as a where a rebel base previously was. Yeah, but they never go there or anything. That's all we ever really know of it, in at least the context of the uh, the actual movies. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, but I mean, in this game, you actually get to go there and and you know wander around in this foresty world and stuff. It's just pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They probably didn't do it in the movies because of Endor. Well, yeah, you have the forest mood of Endor, so you know. And then you know, if you want to even stretch it out further, you know, they have the swampy Dagobah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, uh, yeah, you know, they uh, oh, they. Have plenty of time to go to Tantooine, you know, what, twice? Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so that was the music. It's that that does not do it justice. There's a lot of other great songs in this game. Yeah, absolutely. That, and they're all most of them are like a minute and a half, 2 minutes long, and they're not that long, but the the reason is that they all flow together. They all tell a story of the game and it's it's beautiful. Beautifully mm-hmm. done. And I, I don't even know when we're going to do another Xbox game, but this is one of my favorite Xbox games I played. I had never owned an Xbox. So for me, it's sort of uh, uh, alien. I, I ended up getting a 360 way later down the, the, the road, but I had missed out on the good games of the Xbox. You know, back then I was, uh, well, always been a Nintendo fanboy, but I had the PlayStation too. So I was just like, well, I don't need an Xbox. Like, you know, what do I need this for? Like a few, you know, specific games, you know, I, I couldn't justify it. And KOTOR is one of the games that, you know, I was like, oh, I kind of wish I had an Xbox. Yeah, well, yeah, you could get it on Steam now. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. It's it's definitely worth it. Oh, yeah, I, I would definitely uh, uh, definitely recommend it. Now, now here's a question. We've we've talked about this game quite a bit. Uh, did we want to get into like the the twists in the ending and stuff, or do we want to let? I mean, it's still an accessible game because of Steam. I feel like people can actually you, go out and play it and, why, and experience it for themselves. Why don't you just give a little tease of, of like what the plot is, maybe a All little right. bit, and, but don't go. Yeah, I, w- I don't want any spoilers. Sure, absolutely, we won't go into spoilers. So basically, uh, there's a Sith Lord named uh, I believe it's Darth Malak, yep. who is uh, spreading across the galaxy, and he has this like Sith armada. And uh, you end up playing a character who's going to rise up and uh, track down the source of how Darth Malak is like making his army, the Star Forge. And so you like go on this quest to like you know 
find this thing and like you know can finally confront Darth Malak. Uh, all the while, uh, you learn that Darth Malak like is kind of like the worst because he had a uh, a master named Darth Revan mm-hmm. who uh, he betrayed and took down because he wanted the power for himself. And so you, uh, as the main character, you have like these weird like like force visions of the past and stuff. And so you're like kind of following along and trying to like piece everything together and like figure out what happened there. And I uh, I it was. Uh, and, and some of our our listeners have you know maybe you know heard about some of the the twists in the ending and stuff. It's but it's been hailed as like some of the best stuff ever, right? You know, so we're definitely not going to spoil it on here. But if you're into Star Wars and you've not played Knights of the Old Republic, and you have a computer that's somewhat decent, it doesn't it even doesn't have to, need be, to be that great. It does not need to be that great these days. Go ahead and jump on Steam and download Knights of the Old Republic. Yes. Give it a give it a play. If you like Dungeons and Dragons, listen to Noobs and Dragons on. Wednesdays. Listen to Noobs and no, uh, you know if you're into that style of game, like the, the mechanics of it, yes. yeah, get into it's it. It's going to make a lot of sense. Absolutely. Uh, if you're into like uh, the MMO Old Republic, or or like me, you once played it. Mm-hmm. Jump on Knights of the Old Republic. Give it a shot. It's it's maybe one of the best Xbox games out there. Yeah. I'm not as knowledgeable at the, about the Xbox, so I'm. It's, I'm, it's a broad stroke I'm making it, there, but uh, it might be one of the best, if not the best. But uh, no, I, I'm completely talking out of my buttocks, buttocks uh, on that one. Now, speaking of a game, chops that makes me <laughs> think the of worst transition. buttocks. Oh, okay, good. Yes, yes, a retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. Now, Craig, your buttocks was talking about a game. Yes, I... Now, while Chops and I were, were chatting about this game, coincidentally, it is another game that is... Refer- is is influenced by Dungeons and Dragons, and it is also about an old republic, if you will. <laughs> I mean, there is a reference to an old republic in it. Yes, this game is Winter Games. Winter Games for the NES by Epics that came out in nineteen eighties. I think let's see, eighty five, eighty five. 85. Around 85. Uh, on like a ton of different systems. Oh, Amiga, Apple II, Atari, NES, Apple, Virtual Console later in the 2009, um, Spectrum. And when uh, we say Atari, we mean like every version of Atari. Uh, 2600 ST, 7800. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Winner Games uh, was made by Epics. And coincidentally, Epics was formed when a group of friends got together and played a Dungeons and Dragons game and then they like made this like video game company because what they like wanted to like write it off for taxes or something the dm wanted to develop a computer thing to help track his stuff for dming oh that's right and then he turned it into a game system so he could write it off for taxes that's what it was yeah so this nerd made a game or made this game basically because of the fact that he wanted he had this oh, like oh no i don't think it was this game Oh, you made the company. The company, Epic. Oh, I yes. see. I see. I see what you're saying. So, so basically, he he made his company, which would eventually make Winter Games, yes. because of the fact that he had this like software that he had made for Dungeons and Dragons. Potentially, yes. That's hilarious. I think nerdy. that's the right way to do it. 
I mean, I guess you're right. Now, the old republic we refer to is, of course, the glorious USSR, the yes, United yeah. Soviet Socialist Republic, which fell in the uh, early 90s. But back then, in this game, it's totally known as USSR. Yes. and in this, Harsh judges. In this game, you Harsh have, judges they have in uh, USSR. You have US, you have Japan, USSR, France, Great Britain, and Canada. Uh, yeah, I think Canada I think as well. I think that's it. And the games that we competed in were speed skating, figure skating, bobsled, and hot dog aerials. Hot dog aerials. Which was Craig's favorite game. I don't mean to toot my own horn. And by I don't mean to toot my own horn, I mean I'm going to be bragging for the next about a minute and a half. So go ahead and uh, fast forward in this uh, podcast. I first started and I was like doing really bad. I was like, I couldn't land any jumps. And so finally I was just like, all right, well, let's see what happens if I don't hit any buttons. So I just jump off the thing. I don't crash, but I land and I don't do anything. So I get zeros. I'm like, all right, okay, let's, let's play around with this. So I just start mashing the buttons and I flip, I think flip to the right once. Flip back well, to the left. Uh, you you did it, and, and then you're like, beat this, and it was a 7.1. Oh, yeah, it was like a 7.1. So I played, and I tied. That's right. And I you had saw that I did a different move, uh-huh. and then you played again, and this is what happened. <laughs> I got a 10. You got a perfect. I got per- a perfect score from even the harsh USSR judges. That's correct. And I uh, retired as the undisputed hot dog aerial king. That's true, until we realized we are playing in practice mode and it didn't save the high score. It's not battery backed up anyway. It'll be gone forever after oh, we turn so it off. I guess you are disputed. Rasp disputed. Get it? <laughs> Get it? Rasp disputed? Does that work? I hate you. It did, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> so aside from hot dog aerials, which was the only thing I was good at because everything else I was garbage at, uh, there was uh, figure skating. Yep. Which, which can- was so long. <laughs> Here's the thing. The, it's a it's a long match, but it, it, I feel like the controls in this in the figure skating mini game. Well, I call it a mini game. Really, it's a fourth of the game. So, in a quarter of this game, the figure skating, the controls are like like they're just so bad. I I think I would rather try to like like I don't know have have like carry someone on my back while I'm like trying to pick up like like stuff off the ground or something like it's just it just feels clunky and awkward and weird and it's just like it's just like why why are you doing this to yourself it was bad it, it, the song that was playing in the background from like swan lake was the worst screeching sound we've ever heard it, it was and the worst rendition uh, of Swan Lake since uh, Mrs. Johansson's uh, second grade ballet class. I don't know where you're going with this. <sighs> no, I'm just joking. No, nothing. Oh, I, it's okay. It was the worst. Okay. Um, I was able to actually compete in the bobsled. Yeah, you pulled actually, off a win. actually finished the race. It was terrible to begin with because you're like going down this track to the left and then up in the right-hand corner in like the tiniest window and then underneath it is like your time in a much bigger window. And then up top in that right-hand corner in the tiny window is you in a bobsled mm-hmm. seeing from like third person the angles yeah. that you're going in and you have to, you have to lean into or out of the turns, I always thought it was 
out of I I don't know basically if it goes right you have to hold left yeah it uh, honestly it took me and Chops working together to like like solve this one because it was just like I was watching Chops like play it like he he probably like lost it on the first turn like five to ten times yep. in a row and I got the controller and I was like all right well I'll just try something different I don't know and I went the other opposite way and I pulled it off and Chops is like well how did you do that and I was like I just did the opposite of what you were doing, but I kept getting stuck on the final like last few turns, yep. and I threw like I tossed the controller to chops. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so done with this." The horrible noises from this game are just utterly disgusting. Because yeah, there's no music, it's just noise. It's just noise. Well, the, I, I would kind of argue for Swan Lake being That's music. It. That's yeah. the only one that had music, though. Yeah, one of them had no. music while you were doing your thing, just screeching or sliding. Because the speed skating, speed skating was a. That over and over again. Yeah, I, I the bobsled race reminded me of like what a pterodactyl would sound like. <laughs> it was just like horrible, horrible, high pitched screeching. Oh, this game is great, <laughs> isn't it? So, isn't it great? So, aside from uh, and what's funny is the different versions of this game that are out there, you have different events that you play yeah so it's kind of like uh, it's kind of bold that we can't do like some of the other ones yeah because uh there's also uh what uh alpine skiing a biathlon uh what is it uh the luge mm-hmm. and uh freestyle ski uh skiing is out there uh oh no wait that was the one we did the hot it's dog hot aerials dog hot dog aerials and uh Why is it called hot dog i i have no idea it's so i but uh here's uh something uh the composer uh, for this game is uh, David Thiel and uh, uh, Kenichi Tamizawa. Tamizawa. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna say it right now. David Kenichi, you guys aren't good at what you do. I hope that you retired after this <laughs> and you've worked at. I, I I hope you provided for your family in other ways because you were not going to make it as the, composers. The opening ceremony was great. Uh, and then define you, great. And then it was an option for you to rewatch. You could rewatch the opening. I ceremony. can't imagine not watching that over and da, over again. Da, da. Oh, no, that's not it, is it? I don't even want to think about it. I can't remember that. It was not good. It uh, was hilarious. David was Kenichi, and everything. You're both on thin ice. Literally. Uh, oh, pun intended. Oh, anyway, right. let's vote on this game on the 8 bit scale. What are you giving it, Craig? I'm giving it a 2 out of 8. That's and harsh. The only reason it got a two and not a one is because I got a perfect score on oh, the hot wow. dog aerials. I would give this a three out of eight. Three. Because while it was terrible, yes. I had fun in watching you suck at it. And also, uh, let me finish, also miraculously perfect scoring in one of the events was hilarious to me. So because of that, I gave it a three. When I landed, when I stuck my dismount on the, the dismount? after the Is ramp, going and I, okay. I guess, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a skier. I have no idea. All right. And I looked to the judging panel, and I saw the USSR judge. And a single tear rolled down his that, cheek. That and he held up the tab. That doesn't happen. And he saluted me. That didn't happen at all. It was funny when you chose USSR and you and you won a thing and then it, it played their national anthem for in the game. That was hilarious. It plays the national anthem of each country in there. Da. Yes, Craig. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's been our retro relapse. We're going to get into our NES bracket for this week. Yeah. It is a doozy. Um, I think we know who's going to win. It'll probably get run away. I don't even know why we'll play the other song, but <laughs> it's, it's going to be. Here, I'll be very surprised if this does not win. Here's the thing. Both are great songs. You know, all, all the songs we've chosen, of course, are great. You know, like we have good taste in music. Somewhat. I mean, me particularly. You don't like the. Mo- you know what? No, I can't even get started again. I'll. I'll just. I'll lose it. Anyway, so the first song up that we have is uh, nostalgia alone is almost like gonna absolutely just sink a victory for this one. I probably. Feel like. it, and it's a great song. It's beautiful. And nostalgia alone is not the only reason this this you know deserves a vote, but. I'm going to be real excited to to play the other song because I do really really like that other song. It's it's just that, you know, this is a this is another heavy hitter. So, we have the just legendary Koji Kondo's Legend of Zelda's Overworld music. Let's go ahead and give it a play. <laughs> adventure yeah i i don't know of uh other than pokemon like prior to that this was the defining theme of adventure i think pokemon for me kind of changed it but well here's this, the thing this of all console main console games this is it here's the the like i i really enjoy the music of the pokemon series i you know love it but there i don't know if the, like aside from maybe the the main theme of the very first game the music because it changes throughout the game like different routes have different songs and everything i i can't place one particular song that's more adventurous than like any other in pokemon you know what i mean yeah that's true so i mean and even the is, new renditions of this song too is still super adventurous oh absolutely and i mean here's the thing it's still like unlike pokemon where the music is like changing in every game different composers everything Legend of Zelda has always had Koji Kondo. Uh, maybe not always. Maybe some of the newer games, Koji Kondo just helped. Uh, because I know a, a lot of these uh, uh, composers, as time is going by, like Nobuo Yamatsu and stuff, they're they're taking a, a more hands-off approach you know, with their games and stuff, or the games they would generally work on. But uh, to uh, combat it, we have a uh, uh, another uh, classic Nintendo game, uh, we have the uh, wonderfully charming balloon fight, which, as we know, uh, we've discussed this before. Has already been chosen. 
Kind of. Uh, we have uh, the composer Hirokazu Tanaka, who is uh, one of Xander and I's favorites. Uh, he also did the music for Balloon Kid, uh, which was the Game Boy game that got ported to Nintendo and then reskinned as... Uh, reskinned, no pun intended, uh, for the Hello Kitty wait, game. Wait a minute, how is it a pun intended, no pun intended? Because Anyway... I, I want to hear you say it, Craig. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> You're a terrible person. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Terrible person. Uh, so you have uh, uh, a very familiar theme. If you've been you know, following along the uh, uh, our uh, brackets here so far, uh, honestly, uh, these cho- uh, each of these songs were chosen by different people between me, Xander, and uh, Chops. Uh, and when we all made the list, it just sort of was like, all right, well, they're technically different songs, so they're both going into the, uh, the brackets there. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and uh, give... Uh, balloon trip a uh, listen Hirokazu Tanaka does great work. It is a, a fun and upbeat song. I'm a, a big fan of it. I'm not going to lie. You're also not a big fan of the moon. So, you well, know what, it, Chops? It, it's it's that, that uh, beat that sounds like when you're like uh, fake spitting that noise. Like, like you want to beatbox, but you can't beatbox. That's what I heard in that noise. That, that song, like the, the tones or chirps or whatever in that song. It just reminded me of that and I didn't like it. And what do you hear in the moon? That you don't like. I don't chops. hear anything in the moon because I don't listen to it. Because I've listened you're to it. Stupid and wrong. Um, no, it's it's an okay song, but it's not my favorite. Oh, I mean, I, I totally get that, and I mean, hey, the Legend of Zelda theme is great. You know, there's there's no denying that. Uh, but I mean, you know, what I what I hoping to get across to everybody is that you know we didn't choose songs that we just thought like, oh, okay, well, you know, I chose you know. Uh, Mega Man, you know, uh, two's you know Wily stage. So I'm gonna you know just choose a bunch of other stupid songs because they don't matter. No, yeah, they're no. all songs we They're, really enjoy. Exactly. But it is all subjective. It is. It is all a list of songs we made. Not necessarily a list of songs that are like, oh, this is gonna win me the tournament. Right. No, it's like it, our favorite. It's our songs. Yeah, it's our favorite Nintendo songs, or or what we consider the best some of, of the, the system. Yes, some of our favorites. Yeah, you know, it's a list of favorites and. Uh, uh, best of and best ofs, but from our subjective opinion. Right. So as far as that goes, uh, the the you know the person of us three who chose you know the balloon trip, you know, well obviously it's not chops because you just admitted that you're not a fan of the song. No. But uh, between me and Xander, you know, you have uh, one of us who's really really into it. Yeah, and that's cool. I like mm-hmm. it, except for when you have people who like you know like the moon song, which is just like dumb. So. Chops, Ooh. I can't wait 
until the moon wins it all. And don't be wrong, I don't necessarily I, want the moon to win it all because I'd love to see a more obscure song take the win. Yeah. But so help me when that moon wins and you're just like, I, I, I just people are wrong and I'm gonna just rub it in your face. I I love when we do these things and and you and Xander both are like, oh, I just can't wait for this to win. You do that to me. And then what happened last time? Oh, my guy won, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't, did. He didn't he win. Uh, in in Xander's win. defense, because I I didn't get to choose anyone in this in that bracket. In 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 Xander's defense, uh-huh. he said, "Hey, choose your favorite RPG protagonists," yeah. and then you proceeded to make a list of characters that were very very big name and popular, some of which that you didn't actually know anything about because I distinctly remember there being a few episodes and maybe your poor memory is going to cover this shame up. I don't know, Craig. But you would just be like, I I just, I don't know, I just chose this character. I don't know. I don't recall that, Craig. You don't recall anything. I don't know what you're saying. You don't get, for the record shots, you don't get to turn around (laughs) and when shame (laughs) hits you, just be like, I don't even remember that. Uh, I think I can do that. I don't think you can. I think I can. It'll be great. Um, so yeah, please go on our Facebook page. Facebook, it's uh, the Legend of Retro Podcast. There is a pre- prerequisite. You have to ask to join the, uh, the, group, the fan group. But uh, the page is free. Pages, free yeah, you can join no matter what. But there is another prerequisite that I ask for. Oh, have a better opinion than chops. Oh man, that's hey, gonna be hey, easy. easy. That's gonna Everybody's be super in. Easy. They're all in. Everybody <laughs> yeah. but you is in jobs. It, it's a low bar. I know. Isn't it great? <sighs> the only reason why I'm part of it is because I made it. Oh, so God. hey, why I, not? I'm a Sander. So uh, besides that, we want you to go to patreoncom games of the media and become a patron because without them, we wouldn't be able to do the shows that we have uh, right now on Games of the Media. Yeah, absolutely. There is a uh, perk. Uh, once a month, we have a drawing. It's in our Game Genie uh, tier, which is uh, you know for our five dollar patrons. And you, if you are randomly drawn, get to choose what we're going to play for a uh, uh, retro relapse throughout mm-hmm. the uh, the next recording session we do. Right. And uh, we've already had a, a winner that uh, was uh, a few episodes ago. Make sure to uh, check out our, uh, oh, that was the uh, episode with, uh, uh, refresh my memory, that was uh, 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 Professor Layton, right? Yeah, yes. that was the Professor Layton episode. So make sure to give that a listen if you haven't already. Uh, otherwise, uh, uh, and this is something we don't harp on in uh, uh, a lot of our episodes, but, you know, Unlike a lot of shows out there, this ain't time-sensitive stuff, people. If you like a game, go through our uh, catalog. You know, give us uh, uh, old episodes a listen uh, yeah. if you haven't uh, already had, you know, done that. Uh, but uh, but otherwise, aside from that, uh, they should be uh, joining our Discord uh, so you can chat with us there. Yes, and when you join the as a patron, you do get special access in the Discord as well, special private channel for Patreon members. Oh, yeah. And also, we have other shows in the GameZilla Media Network. We have Noobs and Dragons, GameZilla, and GameZilla Alpha. You can find all of them on the website and find the respective release days as well. We also have a lot of blogs and everything that we uh, do there. But uh, one final shout out because every other uh, topic has touched on Dungeons and Dragons in this episode. I don't know how we pulled that off, but uh, Noobs and Dragons is a show where Chops, myself, Grimlock, and Jazzy, who are both on the GameZilla and GameZilla Alpha show, uh, run around and uh, have adventures that I get to DM. And uh, I get to just utterly, utterly sully the happiness that you have in each episode. I used to enjoy doing that show. 
I used to enjoy doing that show. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> Sorry, I was thinking of something funny that um Yeah, I got um, it, Craig. Uh, you you said earlier. Got it. Anyways, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. We'll see you all next time when when the the legend legend continues. continues.